Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. So we just recorded the season finale of the Advisor Arena podcast, and Josh and I want to give you a little background maybe into the two guests in our conversation with them. So we just had Dean Thurman and Jeff Grail joining us. If those names aren't familiar, Josh, let's, let's give a little background first on maybe what they've done in the past before we say what they're doing now. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a great idea. I think uh, Dean and and Jeff are very interesting. They've got a great background. So, uh, master marketers, I would say, master business builders, love entrepreneurs for sure. Entrepreneurs built all kinds of businesses. Um, Jeff was the first one to bring Tim Hortons, which I believe is a steakhouse. He was the first one to bring that franchise. I think it's franchise. a coffee shop. Is it a coffee shop? Or uh, steakhouse? I think it's a steakhouse. I'm pretty sure it's a steakhouse. <laughs> well, it's impressive nonetheless, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> but first one to bring uh, Tim Hortons to the U.S. So he's originally from Canada. I believe Tim Hortons was started in Canada when they looked to expand to the U.S. He's the one that started and he the was first the franchise. Youngest, he was the youngest franchisee owner. He said, right. so he did it very young, like right out of college was just like, yeah, right. I'll do that. Which then led him to meet Dean, who Dean at the time and still does owned a financial planning business, right? So he's an advisor. Um, has, so not just an advisor. Let's talk about his company, Investwise right. Financials, 33 years old. He's got 700 million in assets under management mm-hmm. and went from a couple of employees that are no employees to... 25 and 10 advisors. So he's no joke. He's, I mean, his financial planning firm is legit. And he has all these other businesses that he's done over the years, basically just on the side. Right. Yeah. So um, they owned the largest, was it granite and marble? A granite and metal or marble fabrication company uh, west of the Mississippi. So based out of Vegas, and they were on like one of those flipping shows, right? Right. So the it was Flipping Las Vegas was the show name, uh, Jeff said. And what was funny about it is he said, you know, everything was staged. So it was completely fake. So what <laughs> they would do, they would like... It just ruins it for me, dang it. They would have them bring in, a, you know, like a big piece of um, of like granite into a house, drop it, break it. Then on the show, you know, everybody freaks out. We're going to miss our deadline. Well, he would be like, well, what we would do is, yeah, we would drop it on purpose. And then we'd just go right back out to the truck. Five minutes later, get the exact same piece, bring it in and install it. So it's a good thing we're not big enough for like that show to be listening and be like, (laughs) no, that's messed up. You can't tell our secrets. We're legit. (laughs) I don't think we're there yet. I think we're safe. Right. So So, inside Hollywood. Yeah, very interesting backgrounds, big time business builders, which is why I wanted to have them on the show, because I think, you know, like you said, it's a company we work with, but a lot of people don't realize the, I guess, the talent and the people behind the company. So it's just cool to hear those stories, I feel like. Yep. So let's drop a bomb here. So these are 
co-owners, one other owner um, of White Glove. So you might be thinking White Glove, I would have had no idea, one, that we had people that had such a business building background from White Glove, but two, that one of the owners is a very successful financial advisor that understands the obstacles that are created in our industry from not having marketing that works. He's actually beta testing all of it. So he talks through in this episode, basically the things he did wrong for 30 years, the things that made him good, but kept him from being great. And the changes that he's made just over the last three years. Um, and a lot of it doesn't have anything to do with white glove. So if you're like, ah, I'm not really interested in white glove, you definitely want to hear his seven growth hacks because what did he say? After COVID, they were up 2% and 2021 up 85% without buying any books of business or falling into any kind of windfall. It was just organic growth, which is incredible. Yeah. And I think the important thing uh, on the 2%, he was up 2% in 2020 when everybody else was down, down 20%. Yeah. So he held, he held strong and you're right. I mean, he just, had explosive growth after that, up 85% a year later. Um, White Glove, they started in 2015. They now have, what do you say, 125 employees? 130, I think. So 130 employees. Obviously business builders. Right. So they just have a passion, you can tell, for building businesses. And I think that's cool. They built a business being business builders for helping other people build the business. Yeah. So... For me, I think that gives White Glove a lot of credibility. Yep, I agree. Well, we hope you guys enjoy the episode. They're an interesting bunch over there and they know what they're talking about. So we're glad they joined us. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody to the season finale of the Advisor Arena podcast. As promised, we've got two pretty cool guests for you today. We've got Jeff and Dean from White Glove. And before you say, oh, we've got another vendor on today, you guys ask all the time for input from real business builders. These guys are impressive. They've got an incredible background. White Glove is just their most recent success story. So Jeff and Dean, thank you for joining. We can't wait to pick your brains here a little bit today. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we really appreciate it. So I'll start with you, Dean, because I don't know that a lot of people realize you are a financial advisor. You have been for, what, 33 years, I think, in BestWise Financial? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, started, you know, cold calling, driving to people's houses and in, in a beat up 1984 Cavalier, you know, knocking on the door, trying to, you know, trying to sell a, a, a little IRA or $50 a month plan. Yeah, that was back in uh, 1990 I started. And so as your business evolved, obviously, you're realizing, hey, marketing is one of the biggest challenges here. How can we solve this? And the most recent, most recent, um, I, I don't know what you want to call it, entrepreneurial spirit that you have has led you down several different paths. But White Glove, it, I didn't realize how quickly you guys grew. So for anybody that's a small business owner, to start with what, four employees? When was that? That was uh, 2015, the fall of 2015. So four employees, you have this idea, hey, I think I can do marketing better. I think we can make prospecting easier. Fast forward three years, you had 130 employees. That's incredible growth. Yeah, 
It's amazing. And, you know, both Jeff and I and our other partner and best friend, Mike Thurman, who's also my cousin, um, we've been entrepreneurs our whole life. Uh, most of them have all centered around financial planning, financial services. Um, but uh, when Jeff and I first met, um, actually uh, through a mutual friend, uh, Jeff, you want to talk about that for a minute and a, and a little bit of your business background, business building background? Sure. Yeah, um, we are definitely entrepreneurs. <laughs> we love it. Uh, we thrive on it. Uh, I'm originally from Canada, born in Canada. I moved to the U.S. after graduating from college. And um, shortly after that, the uh, Michigan announced that Tim Hortons, if anybody knows the uh, franchise Tim Hortons out here, um, they were looking to come into Michigan. So I said, hey, man, I am the man to do that. I'm Canadian. It should be me. So uh, I was the youngest franchisee in the, the company at the time, and uh, we brought Tim Hortons to Michigan. It was fantastic. We had four locations. It was it, it was just such a great learning experience. Um, during that time, that's when I met Dean, and it was probably one of the best days of my life because he's amazing. Wow. And, uh, we've had just a, an amazing friendship ever since and business partnership. Um, as Dean mentioned, after we met, uh, we decided to open a nightclub with uh, a couple other people. One was a, a hockey hall of fame um, hockey player. So that was that was amazing. We had a lot of fun. We learned a ton. Um, and we weren't done there. We started another company, right, Dean? We were having so much fun. We like, yeah, yeah. We, we love starting businesses just like probably everybody who's listening to this podcast. I mean, as financial advisors, you are a business owner and we're going to go through some really great tips on how you can build your business within financial services. Um, we did some side, side hustles outside of that and they were a heck of a lot of, a lot of fun in many ways, a lot more. I mean, a nightclub maybe isn't quite as much fun as selling mutual funds and annuities, but it's darn close. <laughs> what else did we do, Jeff? Uh, we started the uh, largest marble and granite uh, fabrication shop west of the Mississippi. Uh, it was located in Las Vegas. Uh, we did many of the large projects. The last one was the Link. So if you go into the Link Casino, every piece of stone in that casino was Dean and I. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, we loved it. But uh, Dean gave me that call one day and said, Jeff, it's time for you to come home. We, we can do something amazing in this space. Dean and Mike, they one thing I will say, they are amazing marketers and they continually tried to do so many different things and uh, landed on something in 2015. And, and it was just a concept. But we said, we don't know where this is going to go, but we have to give it a shot. And uh, that's what we did. And uh, this is where we are today. It's been exciting. Well, I love that you've shared that background. I think one of the things that most financial advisors are missing in their practice is having that, you know, I'm a business owner first and I've got to run a business like a business. That's mm -hmm. really difficult for a lot of them. They say, well, I didn't get into it to, you know, do that. I just want to help, you know, people. And, and that's where you can get off track. So Dean, I know you've got some really good tips here. Tell us what you've learned over the years, all these businesses that you've done, the financial services business has been going along all the while that you've been doing these other ventures. How'd you do all that? Well, in short, what I've learned more than anything else when when building a business or or, uh, you know, being in any type of um, whether it's 
marble and granite, whether it's financial services, whether it's Tim Hortons, anything, it's all marketing, 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 marketing. I mean, it is not hard to figure out which annuity is best or which mutual fund gets five stars or to call people up and, and just uh, talk about their accounts. But you, you could be an amazing financial advisor but if you don't have your lobby full, if you don't have somebody to talk to today, tomorrow, the next day, you're going out of business. That's just as, as simple as I can make it. Um, everybody has to have their preferred method of getting new prospects into their funnel. Um, you either have to do inorganic in growth through purchasing another uh, financial you know, services book of business, or you have to really, really hustle, spend money, grind it out, which is what myself and Mike Thurman did uh, since 1990. Uh, we chose the seminar route. Um, back in the day, we were doing successful money management seminars, which is a 10-hour, three-night seminar at the local library. It's all educational. Um, we also got into employee wellness, which now White Glove is also getting into based on the success that Mike and I had and uh, you know, going into a place of employment and teaching the employees about basic financial concepts. They're far more open typically than a dinner seminar, even a, a library. So that's, we're really leaning into that at White Glove. But Jamie, it is all marketing and I'm not here to promote White Glove. It, you know, specifically, I'm, I'm telling you, whether it's billboards or a radio show or whatever it, whatever it is you're most comfortable doing, you got to do a heck of a lot of it to really get in the top, you know, five, 10% of this industry. You need to do a moderate amount of it just to survive. Right. So you can be the best dentist, the best lawyer in town. If your lobby is empty, you're going broke. Yep. Marketing is is the biggest obstacle. And I, I'm excited to hear from somebody who's living it because it's one thing for, you know, big advisors to come on. And then when you dig into how they're actually doing it, it's well, they're just they're doing it all from referrals or they fell into a book of business that just happens to have some kind of niche that's hard to duplicate. That's not you. You are fair to say kind of the beta tester for anything that you actually roll out through White Club. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that's that's great, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Investwise Financial, our financial planning firm, um, beta tests everything. We call ourselves the test track, right? We're in Detroit area. So test track, right? Auto industry. Um, Anytime we come up with a new title, a new product or services uh, that White Glove pushes out to what we call the rest of the world, um, it is run around the InvestWise uh, test track first. Um, I vet it out personally and also with some of our sub reps. We now have about 10 advisors at InvestWise Financial, uh, about 15 support staff there. So it is quite a little business. It wasn't always that way. It was, you know, we started out as one or two people, then three or four, and now we're at, at 25. So we know a lot about starting a business, growing a business, and all the pitfalls that can come along with a business. So I, I do want to go through uh, what I call the seven growth hacks for financial advisors. And uh, this, this is something um, I came up with these seven. When I say I came up with these seven, I mean, I took great ideas from other people around the industry, put them together, tested them myself, leaned into them. A couple of them I came up with alone, but most of them, what do they say? If you, uh, if you take, if you take all of one person's work, it's plagiarism, but if you do many people's work and put it together, it's research, right? So I did a bunch of research. <laughs> I've got these seven together and, uh, and they're dynamite. 
This has nothing to do with White Glove, but this will put a lot of money in your pockets. I, okay, let's hear I'm it. I'm living it. I'm ready. All right. The first one everybody has to do, okay? Some of these other ones, take it or leave it. But if you're hearing my voice right now, you need to have somebody in your office. Uh, it can be your spouse, your cousin. It doesn't, even if you're a solo practitioner, somebody other than you needs to be a virtual greeter. Okay. They need when, now that we're all doing at least some of our appointments on zoom or some other uh, technology, it is very awkward for the, um, for the client or the prospect in the first 30 seconds, first couple of minutes, is my audio working? When we did this podcast today, we had some tech issues, right? That is not how you want to start a prospecting conversation or a referral conversation. You look like you don't know what you're doing. You don't want to be part of that conversation. If, if you would have been listening to our, our tech issues that we were going through before this podcast, you'd be like, hey, man, come on, guys, get it together, right? Well, Trust and uh, professionalism is paramount to you making that sale and picking up that client. So what I have is I have my administrative assistant and if she's out for the day, I have somebody else in her office, log in first. She'll log in five minutes early. She'll wait for the other folks to log in. She will troubleshoot. I will not um, enter the Zoom room, if you will, um, until she texts me or gives me the high sign uh, that everything is perfect. Audio is working. Everybody is ready. Sometimes she has her phone up against a landline on a speaker phone with a different video coming in and, you know, all kinds of different grandma and grandpa might not be great with an iPad. Uh, we might be talking on the phone while we're seeing the video. Um, but somebody else needs to handle all that for you so that when, when you show up, you're the professional that stress is out of the room. I just call that a virtual greeter. It's essentially that receptionist. If for those of you who work out of bricks and mortar also uh, that greets people, gives them a water, lets them settle in, lets them de-stress off of the traffic. Um, you got to do that virtually. Do not, not do that. Okay. Yeah. You're a professional. Come across that way. Have somebody else help uh, enter the room. That's number one. Um, and, and I should tell everybody that last year, in fact, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go back two years in 2020 organically, we grew 2%. Now that doesn't sound great. 2% growth. The industry average was down 18% that year in, in production because of COVID and figuring all that out. That's when we came up with the virtual greeter, right? Um, last year, 2021, this is going to be a, a shocking number, but we were up 85%. Industry average was up 21%. We were up 85. Uh, we input a, a lot of that growth was from these seven hacks that we just implemented about a year and a half ago. Okay. Maybe, well, now it's, now it's about two years. Yeah. So before that, we were just growing like everybody else. And then bam, this wasn't from buying practices. This wasn't from a big windfall. Uh, this was from optimizing our already existing marketing, nurturing, and client base, not to mention the employees, like I just talked about with the virtual greeter. So number two hack uh, I also strongly recommend this. Now, if you're a solo practitioner, I still want you to do it. Uh, you can hire somebody else, you know, part-time to do what I'm about to tell you. Uh, if you have two or three other advisors in your network, even professional network, it doesn't mean that you're sharing commissions or you're under the same roof, but go in together or do it yourself 
and get a dedicated appointment setter. Okay, not the not the person that also does your paperwork, um, not you doing it yourself. I mean, does your dentist call you up and set your an appointment to come in and sit in his chair? No, he's a professional. He has somebody else that or she that that does that. Um, now, why shouldn't it be your admin? It was my admin for the 30 of those over 30 of those 30 years. Uh, all of the advisors had an admin or shared an admin, and it was their paperwork person that set those appointments. What we found through data analysis on our book of clients, the people that called our assistants back kind of quickly or whatever, they got on the schedule. The, the, it, there's friction there for your admin to, um, they're not getting calls back and you're asking them to set up a, a client event and they're greeting somebody in the lobby and they're doing paperwork and they're dealing with compliance. They're not going to call that person back that they've already called twice. Uh, they're just, they're going to move on because you're asking them to set more and more appointments. They're too busy. Even if it's just five hours a week or 10 hours a week, find somebody that that is their only job is to set appointments for yourself or your sub reps. They will get it done. The, in, the number of appointments our advisors uh, kept went up by 40% because of that dedication. And every one of them, before we implemented the dedicated um, appointment setter, every one of them said, no, I have somebody that, that does that for me. I said, just trust me. I did this. You do this. Every, none of them will go back to having their admin do it anymore because their admin doesn't, they do a decent job. But if it's their only job, they do it better. Yep, that makes sense. Do that, sense. you will make more money. Uh, third one is also a uh, uh, a Dean Thurman growth hack uh, from Investwise Financial that that I came up with. Um, just as important as the other two, we call it red, yellow, green. Um, it kind of goes along almost like with the appointment setter. Uh, I instructed my admin. And this was a painful process. I have 266 clients, okay? All these other businesses, White Glove, uh, Money Pickle. We can talk about that if we get it in a second. Um, but all these other businesses are very secondary to the core at InvestWise Financial. I still full-time speak to my 266 clients. Um, and by the way, InvestWise at the end of last year had 700 million under management. I mean, it's a big, and it, it wasn't that way 10 years ago. It was much smaller. But because of marketing and now these hacks, we are where we are. We call this red, yellow, green. So growth hack number three is red, yellow, green. It's very simple and straightforward, but it's also painful. I could, what is green? I have my, I have my admin print out all 266 clients. I gave her a red highlighter, a yellow highlighter, and a green highlighter. And I said, go through everybody I've, I've had a meaningful conversation or meeting with in the last year, highlight them green. Anybody that has been, you know, 13 to 24 months, make them yellow. Uh, anybody over 24 months, highlight their names red. There was a lot more red than I was comfortable with. Con I like to consider myself a value add to my clients. I care about my clients. I want them to, I want them to know that I care about them. And when I saw it and when my admin saw that red, yellow, green, and how much yellow and red was on there, it was embarrassing. It was painful. It will be embarrassing and painful for most of you as well. So we went through and I made darn sure. So now 
every quarter we go through and we do red, yellow, green again. Now there's almost all green and far few yellow and red. Uh, and that helped the amount of business that came out of that and the amount of, forget the earnings, the appreciation and the self-worth I felt knowing that those, that I didn't abandon those people. Cause in my mind, I didn't think I was, but I, I saw it. And, you know, and then it's also a compliance issue, by the way, if you're not talking to people. So that's ready. So, so those three mandatory. Okay. The next four, I'll go a little bit quicker on these. And uh, th this is maybe it fits in your practice. Maybe it doesn't. I'll, I'll pause there for a minute though. Jamie, Jamie, Josh, uh, Jeff, um, anything you want me more to lean into? Or are we good with those three so far? I think we're good, but I just want to touch on the red, yellow, green. I can see how painful that would be because in our minds, time is not going as fast as we think it is, right? You think, oh, well, I just talked to that person. Then when you actually look at it, oh my gosh, I haven't. Or, oh, well, they're getting my emails. And so I love that. We've got to be honest with ourselves. You've got to take some accountability and communication arguably is one of the biggest things that can be lacking in a practice to keep that relationship. So. I love that. It's a great idea. It's simple. Somebody else is doing it and allows you to stay on track. So good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Delegated that off. Um, okay. The uh, next one is a co-planner. Um, your compliance department, yourself, uh, you're running a business here. That means secession planning as well. What's going to happen? Uh, forget the proverbial getting hit by a bus or getting ill i'm um, 55 you know i mean that's the age where you start seeing the doctor a little bit more often right a lot of people are in that you wonder about your future in general um but you are a business owner if you're in financial services you are a business owner uh you need to make sure that your business is valuable uh you need to make sure your business runs like a business you need to make sure that the people that trust you are taken care of if something happens to you uh illness wise or, or you pass away or, or whatever. And we all know people that didn't really get their ducks in a row before that happened. And they cost their family a lot of money and they caused their clients a lot of heartache because they didn't think two steps ahead and plan it out. One thing that we're doing at InvestWise is taking on a team approach where we have co-planners. Uh, it's like a pair of planner, but we don't like thinking like second fiddle, we rather be talking about it. Now, everybody knows they've known Dean for 20 years and now he's got this other guy, Scott or Mason, uh, that's the co-planner. Um, but uh, I have them, once those folks uh, sit in with me on a Zoom or a live meeting, um, now I have transfer of trust. If I trust Scott, and I have to build them up and it's hard to do that, right? Scott's this and that. He helps us with social security planning, Medicare planning. He helps with tax reduction, uh, those types of things for clients. I can do all that stuff too, but I, I give him credibility uh, in that meeting and, and it's hard for me not to do all the talking. So I really try and bring him into it. But now I've just made it. So if something happens to me, they know Scott, they like Scott. Scott. And guess what sometimes can happen to me? An emergency golf game could break out. Right. And I might want to take the day off or next week off or whatever short, you know, in the short time frame. They know Scott now. I cut Scott in on some of some of the revenue and everybody's happy. 
And uh, I'm going to come back to the, the value of a co-planner because it's not just succession planning or, or being able to delegate some of that to the, to the uh, next generation. So what uh, appointment do you, do you introduce them? Okay, so I didn't have any co-planner for 30 years. And because I was so busy with white glove and money pickle and other things, I had to bring in this other, uh, uh, you know, I, I had to bring somebody in just time management and it's turned into something I thought would be miserable and awful into something that is one of the best things that, that we ever did. So now he's right there at, at the very beginning, initial meeting. A lot of times you don't know if the people have $30,000, you know, $20 million or, or what? So that also helps, you know, very easily if, if I should be stepping out, you know, cause now my minimum is, is a half a million dollars. If I should, you know, I'll be there to warm everything up and then step out and Scott will take it from there. And then they're just meeting with Scott. If they have a more complex situation, then we, then we stick together as a team. Got it. The, uh, the next one goes along with the co-planner. How do you bring and, and goes along with your question, Jamie, uh, you know, it's how do you bring in this next person? It's a little awkward, right? It's just awkward. Um, anytime you, you, uh, you know, you have kind of a intimate financial relationship with somebody, it's like any close relationship. All of a sudden you bring in the stranger and say, Hey, can they join in our relationship here? It's like, wait, who's this person? What's going on? Um, so what I did with Scott for all of my existing clients, um, we developed this family estate organizer. And it's really cool. It's, it's far more robust than probably anybody else in the industry uses, but it actually gets into, you know, um, family vacations, family recipes. Um, how did mom and dad meet? What was mom and dad like uh, when they were in their 20s? First job, all this. From, I call it family estate organizer with a heart. Uh, because of course you got your statements and you got your wills and trust at the, at the front. And then there's three other sections of the stuff that I'm talking about. So I mailed these to all 266 clients. Then I had my long-term admin, Andrea, call and make 20-minute appointments with each one of them. And uh, that 20-minute appointment was with Andrea, who they all knew, and Scott, this new stranger. Um, and they're going to take the call because this is a big, thick, you know, it's fairly expensive binder and they want to show appreciation. I said it was, you know, to denote my 30 years in the industry. I made an excuse to basically send it out there. It can be for five years or 10 years or on your, on their birthday, whatever you want to, whatever reason you want to do, but just be the go-giver, give it to them, just give it to them. And now Scott calls them up and talks about section three through five. And all of a sudden they're best friends. I didn't even know that my clients like to vacation up in Traverse city, Michigan, but Scott talks. And so they've instantly bonded with Scott. And this is a very valuable tool and process. If you're selling your book uh, to another advisor, or if another advisor, remember you're a business owner, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you're building up value. Don't let that just poof away from lack of planning. So this is an investment in yourself and in your business that, that you absolutely should make. So that's well, you, how we you make it. You make a good point there because obviously the, our industry is talking about succession planning more. It seems like in the last 12 months than we ever have. So it's certainly a topic. Mm -hmm. People are trying to figure out how do I work with the end in mind? If I want to build this business of value, what kinds of things do I need to be doing right now? And if you're building a business, that's all about you and you're the you're the only value well that's really 
not something somebody else may want to step into. So doing things like this, where there's value in just the overall practice and not tied to you specifically, great way to start building that that value for when you may want to sell or get out or transition on. That's excellent. Yeah. And, it, and especially, uh, you know, I, I think most of your listeners are, are also, uh, like me where your clients age at some point and you want to get it and, you know, have a relationship with their adult children. This family estate organizer sits on their coffee table or in their book, bookshelf, or it's a, it's a conversation piece at Thanksgiving because of those, you know, family traditions and things that we talked about before. So all of a sudden they're talking, you know, talking about their financial advisor uh, at Thanksgiving. I mean, what, what a great win that is for us. And speaking of the next generation, these last three, I'll go kind of quick, um, do client events, but do them that involve the next generation. I'm going to tell you right now, I've done all kinds of client events, the wine thing, the bring in a wholesaler to talk, uh, the, um, you know, even movies. We did movies for a number of years where we ran out the movie theater, um, different mixers, right? Uh, car shows. They're all good. But you want to know it's great? And you want to know it's the only one I'll ever do for the rest of my career? Rent out the zoo. If you have a local zoo, rent it out. The zoo is great for all ages. 70-year-olds love the zoo. Seven-year-olds love the zoo. Uh, guess what seven-year-olds love but don't always relate to? Grandma and grandpa, right? Grandma and grandpa want nothing more than to spend time with the grandchildren. The grandchildren don't want to go to grandma and grandpa's house, unfortunately, a lot of times and sit in their living room and you know, I have lemon meringue pie. That's what I used to do when I was seven. And it's like, I love you, grandma. You know, what else can we do? And uh, now grandma gets to call them up because we, you know, it's assuming grandma and grandpa are my clients in this scenario. Um, we put right on that invitation. Um, please bring your grandchildren, your adult children, make it a family event. We have face painters there. We have food drinks all in it was only about 50 bucks per person that shows up wholesalers help offset that cost uh invest wise financials logo is an is an owl um so we had guys our interns dress up in big giant owl outfits for the kids you know uh, we made it fun and now grandma gets to call up her daughter or son who's 40 and say hey can, can you bring molly and um and spencer I'm trying to think of young kid names, right? Um, <laughs> to uh, to the zoo, our financial advisor um, is inviting the whole family there. How does a 40-year-old say no to grandma inviting them and the kids to the zoo? Now, yeah, all of a sudden, that, it's so awesome. So that's the only one we're going to be doing. We had a 1,000 people at the last one because we have a pretty big practice. Uh, you, so you don't have to rent out the entire zoo like we did. Our zoo in Detroit closes at, um, it's actually suburbs of Detroit and Royal Oak, Michigan, closes at six o'clock to the general public. It stays late till 9.30. So, you know, it was, it was perfect. So look into that one. It can be a petting zoo or something a little bit, you know, uh, if, if, if you don't live near a, you know, a local zoo, but it, it's awesome. Great. It was fantastic. And what a great way, as Dean said, to meet your client's children, the, the older children, the 40-year-olds. Right. Yeah. Between the family state organizer and the zoo. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's all marketing. Remember, we're talking about marketing. You're marketing your business. Now I'm marketing it to the kids and the grandkids even. Right. Um, and speaking of marketing, dedicate a decent percentage 
right? We did dedicate at least 10% of our top line number into marketing. It can go to white glove. It can go to billboards. It can go to radio shows. It can go to whatever, but every business out there that wants new clients needs to market. You can't rely just on referrals. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Like it did 20 years ago. Referrals are great. I personally picked up 22 clients last year, purely from referrals. That's about 20 more than I got three years earlier. Because, and it was because of all these other things I just talked to you about that really got this, you know, referral uh, thing going. I am amazed at, at, at all this, what, what's happening with all this. But we're still paying 10% of our top line budget um, for what we do is, of course, seminars. Um, that, those are the seven, but I got a bonus one for you. Okay. An eight, an eighth one. And it kind of is like a little bit like a dedicated caller. And this one hurts me. Uh, this one is only taken, um, we've only decided to really implement it the last two weeks. Uh, it's been beta tested since January. It's a big blow to my ego. Um, but most advisors don't want to pick up and, and call their clients and just say, how are you doing? Thinking of you. Is there anything we can do to help? It's been a little while since we spoke, even if it was two months ago, make up any reason the market volatility, you know, it's tax season, you know, whatever you want to make up. It's, it's not an enjoyable thing for most advisors to do that. That phone weighs a lot and whatever. And that kind of led to some of the yellows and, and, uh, and reds. Um, so I had my co-planner, I dedicated my co-planner. I actually have two of them. He called all 266 of my clients. Uh, he just wrapped that up a couple weeks ago. Um, they loved hearing from our office and from the team. Yeah. I'm Mason Gorris from Dean Thurman's team at InvestWise. It's been a while since we spoke. Just wanted to touch base, see if there's anything that's changed in your financial situation that we should talk about. Anything uh, we need to, you know, set an appointment for Dean. Otherwise, you know, we'll talk to you again in a few months. And I said, Mason, how many of these people were bummed out that it wasn't me calling? How many are like, who are you? I want to talk to Dean. Dean's the man. Put Dean on the phone. Zero. I couldn't believe it. It hurts. Um, but they, you know, these, some of these older people, they like to talk. He's a great talker. And, and if you get a licensed person or a junior and you get to that point and you cut them in on a little bit of the, you know, the, the revenue from the business, um, your clients just want to hear from the office. They want to know you're thinking of them. If they invoke your name, um, then they're happy. So I think the next version is going to be the eight growth hacks. Um, and that'll be number eight. That's a great one. And I love that you're willing to, you know, say, Hey, for 30 years, we did this wrong or it was good, but not great. And that's something that I think prevents a lot of people from figuring out, you know, how can we do this better? Right. Things are okay. They're, they're good. You know, we're kind of trucking right along, but we don't take a step back long enough to say, how can I make this great? So I want, I know we're, um, we need to keep moving here. I want to be respectful of your time, but marketing obviously is what you do. You build businesses, you do marketing. White glove is something that we all have access to. So we can come in and say, all right, maybe we don't have 700 million in assets under management, but we want to go in and try to duplicate the things that are working. 
I want to talk a little bit and let you guys address what some of the critics are saying about white glove because there there are some and I know our listeners are probably wondering the same thing. So tell me, obviously we have a guarantee. Anybody that is using white glove, they're not paying for seminar attendees unless they actually attend. But you don't brand typically or haven't in the past the local advisor, right? You do all the marketing under White Glove. So one of the things that we've heard over the years is, well, we're missing out on creating that digital footprint for the advisor. What do you think about that? Well, we have a a nurturing program uh, for everybody that registers uh, called Social Connect. And that's fully branded the advisor. Um, It can be packaged with some uh, with White Glove One. nurturing and staying top of mind is paramount. Uh, We add that onto your seminar. Uh, That is how we brand the advisor. Most of our seminars are educational. uh, So we try and keep it very generic. Uh, We don't let people um, promote a particular product at a non-food seminar. We have to, we want to make sure that our, our marketing uh, our, our, our presentation uh, fulfills the promise of our marketing, which is generic. Uh, but certainly once somebody shows up or registers at that point, uh, brand yourself, do the nurturing under your brand. Um, we very much want that person to be out there uh, uh, front and center as soon as the person registers for the class. But before that, we keep it generic. And by the way, we built up all those assets under management, doing it the exact way that I'm mentioning. Remember those successful money management seminar? There wasn't any mention of the presenter or the financial planning firm on that brochure back in the day. And we kept it purely generic. And a lot of people appreciate the fact that it's going to be educational and uh, that a lot of them are there for the information. And then they, we call it pr- um, uh, promotion through non-promotion. Like some people appreciate the lower key aspect to it. Yeah, I can see that. So the generic aspect of it basically allows you to cast a wider net, get somebody interested in the pure educational topic of it. But you said something that I want to clarify. You're saying you nurture and brand and and do the additional marketing to all registrants, not just attendees, right? So everybody that registers, even if they don't attend where the advisor would be able to take it and do it on their own, you're still branding marketing to those registrants. Did I hear that right? Oh yeah, and it's amazing, Jamie. I mean, we had at InvestWise Financial uh, two months ago, and it was just kind of coincidence, we had two new clients that um, came from 2016. Total number of new assets were 400,000 from those people that came to a seminar, a register for a seminar in 2016. They've been in the Social Connect Nurturing Program. That paid, those two paid for the whole four years uh, of cost of Social Connect. We, and that's just the one that's top of mind. There's many, many others that come out of the woodwork from this advisor branded nurturing program called Social Connect. And, and Jamie, awesome. a lot of people don't realize we uh, we actually acquired a company called Gainfully. They were one of the largest social media management companies in the country. And uh, as Dean mentioned, we do an amazing job at branding after the event. Um, so for the first 45 days, we're going to be calling, emailing and texting all of the people that said they were interested but never showed to your office or the people that registered but didn't show to the event. 
Um, after the 45 days, we are then going to put them into a drip campaign and <clears throat> nurture them um, until they become a client or they opt out. And this is uh, a, an amazing tool because we're sending out, it can be financial articles, it could be recipes for Thanksgiving. It's fun stuff and everything is branded to the advisor and their office. And how long do you do that after the event? Well, if we'll, we'll put them into a drip campaign for forever until they opt out. They will continually be nurtured uh, by White Glove. Well, that's definitely something that most advisors fall short of, even when they have the ability like through Gradient to do it themselves, unless somebody's actually Absolutely. doing right. it for you, that's gonna be one of the biggest things that I think is missed. So- Well, that's White want, Glove. Yeah. White Glove does it for you. Great. All yeah. right, I wanna Basically, tell people what they can do next to talk to you guys. Uh, so we, I sent a, a one-page flyer. Yeah, let's look at it. If you wouldn't mind bringing that up. So uh, we, as I mentioned, we've been working with you guys for quite a while. We really appreciate it. Um, we're really excited to help advisors grow their practice. If I can just uh, throw in a testimonial, only because I just talked to this gentleman at the beginning of the week. Um, I called to see if he hadn't scheduled an event in probably four, four and a half months. And he said, Jeff, the reason why I haven't scheduled it is because the events were too good. Um, he's probably done about 10 workshops with us. And he said he would do the taxes and retirement, had an average of about 15 people in the room, each one. Um, he averaged about five appointments and uh, two clients from each event. He said there were only two clients that were below 750,000 in uh assets under management that he moved um so it was it was just fantastic so he said now he's actually hiring sub reps because he it was just himself um he's training them and as soon as he's done training he's going to get back into our program and you know we're perfect for that because as dean said if your schedule is empty you're not going to grow your practice so we can help um the beauty is when you do seminars with us the um, the financial advisor can take the best, can cherry pick, like Dean can cherry pick the best ones and then feed his sub reps all the others that he doesn't want. So it's a great way to build a practice. We definitely encourage that we want to help. And I want to help everybody today, whether you used us in the past, um, you haven't tried us, I would love for you to, to give us a try. Uh, we have a new um, uh, and welcome program where anybody that comes, uh, that hasn't done an event in the last six months, tries our services. We're gonna give 20% off the first event. Um, we're gonna allow you to check out all of our services that nurture and engage we talked about. Um, you get that for six months, all included. Everything's included in that price. Um, there's also free coaching. We work with some of the best people in, in the industry. Uh, Frank Maselli, Dan Collison, uh, Deirdre Bonnet, uh, all these great people. Um, we were just at Ed Slot. Josh, we had a great time at Ed Slot, right? Um, oh, yeah. That we we are the exclusive uh, partners with Ed, rolling out his new uh, retirement time bomb presentation that advisors can use. And uh, that's that's been fantastic. So we'd love for you to give us a try. If you reach out to us, we'll set you up with what we call an EMC. It's, it's a sales consultant that you would work with directly. They can answer all of your questions and we will take care of you. That's pretty comprehensive. So you're gonna provide the content. 
the content that Dean, you yourself have used and tested. You're going to provide the coaching on how to best use the content. You're going to provide the discount to get the people there. And you're throwing in the nurture program to get six months of nurturing and social media and branded campaigns after that. That seems like kind of a no brainer. So I appreciate you guys. For our listeners, if you're interested, you can come directly to Josh or I. You know how to get a hold of us or go out to the contact us at theadvisorarena.com. Let us know this is something you're interested in. We'll get you in touch with the right person. We'll make sure you have the the gradient discounts and this this welcome program. So guys, thank you so much. It, it was awesome to have you on the show and hope to have you back again. That's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Bye, Josh. Bye, Jamie. Thank you. See ya.